to another episode of the Ready, Set, Disney podcast. I am your host, Corey G., and I have to say I'm very excited about this week's episode uh, because we've got uh, some special treats for you. No longer will I be the only voice you hear uh, starting in this episode. I thought about it, and we're going to bring in some additional people, and we, and we felt like the first voice that you should hear from it's probably the brains behind the Ready, Set, Disney brand. Um, and that is my wife, Kelly. So, uh, babe, welcome to the podcast officially. So um, I, I thought it was important, babe, we bring you on because I have been really tracking a lot of the listeners, uh, learning about them. And I've noticed that about 90% of our listenership is female and i'm really concerned that my sex appeal might be coming through too much and i thought maybe we should bring a female voice on to to balance my sex appeal a little bit so are you hoping to increase the male listenership with my sex appeal? Is, I mean, is we that could try. I just don't know that you have the same sex appeal that I have. No offense, but I am a pretty sexy guy. Okay, if, if that's what you're going with, All right. we'll stick well, with it. Yeah, excellent. Well, I was hoping for a little bit more re-encouragement than that. Encouragement. Well, I, I, no, I'm just taken back a little bit about the fact that you think that I need to try. I mean... I just... Uh, not that you need to try. It's just mine is so uber high that it would be it's tough to keep up with. But anyway. Gotcha. All right. So we are going... I, I thought I would have you on, A, to balance the sex appeal, and two, or B to talk to us about this uh, system that that they got rid of fast passes and what they replaced it with because we've talked about it and I'm so confused by it. And I just thought instead of screwing it up and getting yelled at, let uh, I'll just have you come on and share with folks what you know and, and what you've learned. And then um, we actually have additional guests or, you know, all these guests in just one episode uh, to come on and talk to us about their experience with the new uh, system that is in place. So why don't you babe, start us off with what was it prior to this year, right? It just switched in 2022. Uh 2021, later in the year, it started after our last trip when we were there in June. Um, it was not in place. But prior to COVID, um, FastPass was the ride reservation system that was in place where um, if you were staying on property, then 60 days prior to your trip, you could go on to My Disney Experience and you could select three rides per day that you wanted to get a fast pass for, which essentially means you get assigned a certain time that you arrive at the uh, entrance to the attraction. And instead of having to wait in that standby line, you would go in through the fast pass line and skip the wait. And within about 10 minutes or so, usually you could be on the ride. Um, and once COVID hit, fast passes were stopped and Disney took the opportunity to 
replace FastPass with their new system. Okay, so what's the new system now? So the new system now is the Genie Plus ride reservation system um, or the individual Lightning Lane ride reservation system. So there's a couple of, of different ways to get onto these rides without having to wait in the standby lines. The biggest difference is that FastPass was a free service. And now if you would like to be able to get around waiting in those long standby lines, you need to pay to be able to reserve a spot to get in on the ride via the Genie Plus or the individual Lightning Lane. Okay, so talk to us about Genie Plus. What is it and how much does it cost? So Genie Plus is $15 per guest per day. So you do not have to buy Genie Plus for the duration of your trip. You can purchase it for individual days. Um, and it works a lot like FastPass in that you do go on the app or online and you make your reservations for which ride you would like to, um, to skip the line queue for. Um, the bigger differences with Genie Plus and FastPass, FastPass, you could make those uh, reservations 60 days in advance. With Genie Plus, you have to do it the morning of your visit to the park, and you only make one reservation at a time. So wait a second. They got rid of the free process that allowed you three reservations and rolled out a paid process that only allows you one reservation at a time. Yes, but it, one reservation at a time, but you certainly um, throughout the day, there are ways to get more than three reservations. Okay, all right. So then let's back up a little bit. What is the Genie thing that I keep hearing about? Okay, so the Genie is just a planning tool. Genie is free. It is part of the My Disney Experience app. And really what it does is you give the app the information about what park you're going to be in and what are kind of your priority things that you would like to do during the day, um, be it rides or um, character meet and greets, or if there's somewhere that you're looking to go to eat. Um, you put all of that information into the Genie app and it will spit out a daily itinerary for you that kind of gives you a plan for what Disney feels based on historical information on ride wait times and things would be the best times to go to different attractions to avoid waiting as much as possible. Okay, so Genie is just a tool. It's not actual reservations. It's just like, hey, maybe you might want to try this. The line might not be bad, but it, it doesn't reserve anything for you. Right. Genie, Genie Plus is the paid one that reserves all of the rides in the park, or does it only reserve certain rides in the park? How does that work? So in each park, there's a list of rides that are eligible for the Genie Plus. It's a pretty extensive list. It's all of the major attractions within each park. Um, and 
So you, again, have to prioritize because you can only make one reservation at a time. You have to look at that list of available attractions in the park that you're going to that day and say, this is the one that's the most important to me. And that would be the reservation you want to go after first. And then from there, you can, um, there are ways that you can add additional reservations later on in the day. Okay. And now what is the individual lightning lane? The individual lightning lane is Disney's way of making even more money. Um, Yes. So when the Genie Plus and the individual lightning lanes first came out, um, there were two rides in each park that were not part of Genie Plus. They are the two most popular rides in each park. And those were part of the individual lightning lane, which means if you wanted to pay to skip the long standby line for those rides, you could do that and pay just for that ride. So for example, if you wanted to go on Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom, Flight of Passage is not part of the Genie Plus. So if you want to wait in the two-hour line, you can wait in the two-hour line. But if you don't want to do that, you can spend an additional $15 a day, or $15, I'm sorry, for the ride just to get on to Flight of Passage in a shorter amount of time. Okay, so... At the Magic Kingdom, what ride? Oh, I'm looking at it right now. So at the Magic Kingdom, it's Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. That's the only ride right now. Yes. That is the individual like They lane. made a change at the end of February. And so from February through August, there are now there's now only one ride in each park that requires the individual lightning lane. Um everything else is part of the genie plus. So in magic kingdom, it's the mind train in animal kingdom. It's still flight of passage. Um, in Epcot, I believe it is Ratatouille. And in Hollywood studios, it's rise of the resistance. Of course. Okay. So, and what is the cost for the lightning lane? So it varies depending on the attraction. And it varies depending on the day. So uh, Flight of Passage is the most expensive that I've seen so far, which is around $14 to $15 per person to do the individual lightning lane. Other rides, um, I've seen them as low as about $7 to $8 per person to get on the ride. Um, But again, if you're looking at buying an individual lightning lane pass on Christmas day, you are going to pay far more for it than you would pay for that very same rides individual lightning lane on a Tuesday at the end of January. Okay. Got it. So now let me uh, understand what is a light lightning lane because there's there's the individual lightning lane and then there's lightning lane so what's the difference between those two so individual lightning lane is that paid 
pass to get into that one attraction on each uh, in each park. The Lightning Lane itself is nothing more than the name for the space in the ride queue. So in years past, when it was Fast Pass, you had at the entrance to the rides, you had the way to get in for the standby entrance, and then there was a way to get on for the Fast Pass entrance. Since Fast Pass is no longer the, the wording that they use, all the signs have changed and they now say Lightning Lane entrance. So the Lightning Lane is the physical space in the ride queue that you use when you've paid to skip that standby line. Okay, so let's try to recap this. You got Genie, Genie Plus, Individual Lightning Lane, and Lightning Lane. Yes. Why do they suck at naming stuff so badly? That's a great question because this one was definitely complicated. I think it's more complicated because they didn't like differentiate the names. Absolutely. They, Disney is incredibly creative, except when it comes to their branding. Um, you know, they need to bring some of these Imagineers into their meetings when they're coming up with the names for these. Yeah. The naming convention. Yeah. The naming convention meetings definitely need a little more ingenuity or thought put behind them. All right. So genie is free, just a tool genie plus reserves most of the rides right now through August, except for one at each park. The individual lightning lane handles that individual ride at each park now that's alone that and and you pay for both of these genie plus and individual lightning lane and then the the lightning lane is just the actual lane that people use i have a question for you though so if i make a reservation with genie plus do i use the lightning lane or do i is there is there a genie plus line that I go like how do I get on the no, ride? you just go through the lightning lane entrance okay all right so that's pretty much the difference between the four things right yes all right and then our biggest question and, and what we're going to try to tackle next is we're going to bring on a couple of folks that have actually that were, they were texting us back and forth while they were in Disney and telling us about their experience. So we're gonna bring them on and kind of learn, okay, we've got what it looks like. What what does it feel like? How does it work? Like the actual boots on the ground, how is it using this? So we're gonna talk to some folks about that and get their experience. And then maybe you and I can come back together after and recap what they say and maybe I feel like I'll probably have some additional questions that you might have to explain to me. Sounds good. Okay. All right. So babe, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you a little bit. Um, And right now I'm going to kick it off to the next part of the episode where we're going to bring on additional guests. Help us welcome Andrea and Dave to the show. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for coming on and talking to us about uh, your experience. So just so our listeners know, uh, Andrea and I used to work together uh, in what was my day job, not uh, my comedy uh, uh, profession, which I know it's hard to believe that 
between my prowess of uh, successful podcasting and stand-up comedy that I actually have to have a day job, but it was true, I did. And Andrea and I worked together and uh, as coworkers often do, we would talk about family vacations and it came up that Andrea and her family are also big Disney people and they go a couple of times a year or at least every year um, and they've gone for a really long time. So I thought it would be a good idea. And actually I wanna mention this, if you are familiar with the Ready, Set, Disney blog, then you already know, you may not have realized it, that uh, they have already contributed content to the Ready, Set, Disney brand. Uh, because one time, uh, uh, maybe last year or the year before, Andrea was in Disney, and I, my wife was writing a post for the blog, and uh, we needed a picture of the uh, Mickey ice cream. And so in a frantic text I sent to Andrea, I said, hey, can you get me a quick picture of a Mickey ice cream? And if you go to the blog, you'll see maybe one of the most iconic and professional looking pictures on our website. And it was courtesy of Andrea and her family. Um, so Andrea, thank you very much for that. Uh, that was a great picture. And clearly photography really runs in the family. That's right. I am nodding vigorously. People can't see it, but I was like, that picture was beautiful. And Dave is my witness. I literally bought the pop, walked around with it to get the perfect shot and then <laughs> threw it in the trash. <laughs> I'm not surprised. And why would you waste a perfectly good Mickey ice cream? Why didn't you just eat it? Yeah, I don't know. I think it was, well, it was so hot. We were there in July and I maybe had just had a Dole Whip or something else. I don't know. I just like, I took like one bite and then chucked it in the trash, but with the castle in the background. Oh, it was great. Sky, It was really good. Yeah, it was very good. And now just so everybody knows, you guys also have three children. So I'm sure you also had a willing participant that would have eaten the ice cream that you didn't have to just throw it away. Well, had they been with us, this is when we went just on our own. Oh, okay. All right. Yes. That's right. We, we, I've been meaning to talk to you guys about adulting in Disney, too, because that's on our agenda this year. But tonight we're going to talk about your experience with Genie and what you thought of it, because this was your, your first time using it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And so why don't you guys talk to me before we get into the Genie thing? What started your your family on sort of their Disney trip stuff? Dave, you and I were just talking. You, you said you've been going for years. And so talk to us a little bit about how that started for you guys. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've gone since I was, I want to say, six years old was the first trip. Um, and we went sort of, you know, every other year for a little while. But then I think by the time I was 12, 13, I mean, we were once, twice a year. Uh, family. And then, you know, for, for uh, graduation from high school, uh, got a DVC uh, membership as a gift. And, you know, it's been something that's been awesome. You know, at, at 19, you never realize that at 40, how valuable that gift is going wow. to be when you have a family uh, and three kids to take. Right. So, um, you know, we've been going you know, pretty much once a year for a, a long time now. And, you know, I've sprinkled in some vacations to the other parks. But, um, but you know, when you and I were talking earlier, and you mentioned, like, you know, you're not a sit on the beach kind of guy. Like, I grew up in a whole family of 
not sit on the beach type of people. So, you know, when we went on vacation, we went to Disney World. Right. You guys were always going and doing stuff. Exactly. And, and now, Andrea, how about you? How does that fit in? Was your family a Disney family? We were not really a Disney family, certainly not in the way that my in-laws are a Disney family. I think we took sort of the requisite trip. I went twice okay. when I was a youth. Uh, also, <laughs> You were a youth? <laughs> when I was a youth, like when I was a kid, we went once youth. when I was really little, like eight, and then again when I was a teenager. So it wasn't really until I met Dave and his family that, we, that I started going regularly as we had have. Um, and I think that's because we go so often. I think we have sometimes a different perspective and a different feel. Um, and we'll, you know, use the phrase like, oh, that's not how we do Disney because it's just, it hasn't been as much pressure for us because okay. we do go so often. Yep. To, yep. You know, we, we've been able to do different things, maybe a little bit off the beaten path, but I've loved it. Our kids love it. It's been great for us. Okay. That's interesting, right? Because both of you have very different experiences than me. Growing up as a kid, it, going to Disney was never even on the radar. Like I always thought of people that went to Disney when they were kids as rich. And um, I didn't even know anybody that I was so poor. I didn't even know anybody that fell in that category. So it, it boggled my mind. And then as I got older, um, my, I, I have a family that, that would go every year. And again, I always thought they were rich and one year they took me and I was like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, but my wife obviously is way into it. Um, so talk to me. This is a big thing for, for us. And one of the things I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about. So Dave, it sounds like you grew up, you know, you said six years old going to Disney. What were some of those family traditions that you had as a kid that you kind of wanted to carry over into being a parent yourself? Wow. So like some of it, well, a lot of it is actually like not park stuff, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's things we did like around Disney. So like, you know, we've done a bunch of fishing trips. Okay. Like something I don't think a lot of people know you can do when you go down there, you can go to the contemporary and you can charter a boat that takes you out to go fishing. Yep. And, you know, I think one of the trips I caught a, I caught a fish, that was would have been the the record setting bass in Massachusetts, but it was like run of the mill in Florida. So wow. like just an unbelievable experience and like have gotten to take, you know, my son out and to do that. And then, I mean, we play miniature golf every time we go. Um, and so from the time that they opened mini golf courses where I was playing there, I remember, you know, playing with my grandmother to now, you know, we're playing with my mom yep, and yep. our kids and stuff and, and, you know, creating little tournaments out of that and stuff. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, the Dole Whip every time you got to have a Dole Whip. So that that's been passed on for, for years now to the point that everybody knows about the Dole Whip. That's I, I, I got in on the Dole Whip at the ground floor <laughs> when it was, when it was just in the little shack. Right. Right. Uh, you you that, made that, Dole Whip what it is, right, Dave? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. You know, that's exactly why I asked the question. Right. Because uh, I feel like so many people um, go crazy 
on their Disney vacation because they are trying to make memories and they want to get the most out of it. And what my family has found is that most of your memories aren't actually made in the park. So stop spending 15 hours in the park. That's not where your memories are going to be made. Your family is going to make these memories and all these little weird places. They're going to find them on their own and just embrace and enjoy that and stop worrying about, well, I got to get my money's worth. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've said for a long time and, and, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, but we've said, you know, we'll be back. That's, that's been sort of the motto for us for, for a long, long time is that ah, we'll be back. So, you know, I don't, I can't say we've done a whole lot of like two hour plus waits in line right? because right. yeah, we'll be back. There's better ways to spend that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about that. Who manages your reservations and who determines like, Hey, you know what? That that's, that ride's not worth waiting for. We can find it at a better time. Who books the dining, who handles all that stuff for you guys? So we go a lot with my mom um, and, you know, she'll take a, the, the lead on that. She manages. So she has her own DVC. Uh, we have our, our DVC. Um, and then we have others in the family who have vacation club and she kind of takes the lead on managing a lot of that. So um, in turn, she'll take the lead on, on planning the, the dinners and the rides and stuff. I mean, you know, I think, you know, I know it's not your topic for today, but, you know, making dinner reservations <laughs> is a whole thing now oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Where, it, where it never used to be. So uh, she takes on a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I have uh, like I said, I, I have some family that similar to you have been going for years and years and years, pretty much since the park opened. Right. And uh, they he, uh, it's my uncle. He says the same thing to me. He says, you know, it used to be. You didn't have to wait so long for for dinner reservations. It was a much easier. So much has changed. Even in my experience, I don't know if you guys have noticed. You just went, um, and my wife is like a fanatic at checking ride wait times, even when we're not in Disney. Um, <laughs> and the Jungle Cruise is outrageous now. Yeah, because of the movie. Yeah, I'm like, the damn rock ruined that ride. It used to be a 15-minute wait, and now it's like 80, 90 minutes. I'm like, guys, that's outrageous. It used to be the perfect filler. Like, I know we can't really speak about Fast Pass anymore, but like that, you would be like, okay, well, we still have a half an hour before we can get on yep. Big Thunder Mountain. Like, let's just jump on the Jungle Cruise. And now in and of itself, it's this huge wait time. Yeah, it's this huge debacle. So we we framed, we, we started our conversation. We talked about Fast Pass. My wife and I kind of covered what that was. And now they've obviously switched to this Genie, Genie Plus, individual lightning lane and lightning lane are all the new terms that they're throwing around. So talk to us about your experience with the genie. If you used it, not genie plus, but just the tool itself, how, and if you used it while you were there and what your experience with it was. Yeah. So um, we definitely used it. it. It took, it took time to, really get used to it but when you did it provided value so at the beginning you know we were kind of using it just to get the the lightning lane passes 
and stuff. And then as we got more familiar with it, you realize like, you know, you can plan tomorrow, today, if you're, if you're engaged with it and you're going in and you're actually checking it and stuff. Um, and that it has, you know, it's not just what ride do I go to? It's, hey, the, there's the wait time at Casey's for a hot dog is down right now. Let's grab lunch. Um, so it definitely, it has value once you get used to it. But one of the things that I, I was saying to Andrea, it was kind of like, it's kind of like picking up a new video game and they have that first level where nothing bad's going to happen to you. You're just kind of learning how to play the game. They need that first level where you learn how to play the game because when you paid for it for a seven day vacation and you're four days in, when you figure out how to use it, yep, you're a little yep. frustrated about those first three days. Ah, you feel like you miss so many things. Exactly. Okay. So that was absolutely my next question. My next two questions. Was it easy to get a hang of the hang of? And it sounds like it took a couple of days to get the hang of. And now just to, again, set the stage, you guys aren't not tech savvy people, right? You, you're into apps. You're pretty good with that kind of stuff, correct? Yeah. I mean, in our everyday lives with our phones, with apps in general, you know, we're pretty quick and I'll actually tip my hat to my husband who is leaps and bounds above me. And you know, it's so funny you were saying earlier, Corey, like when we go, like who takes the yep. lead? And I was gonna interject to say anybody but me because I'm just like along for the ride, right? Like, where are we going? What time is this? What's happening? Yeah, um, so funny, I'm gonna interrupt yeah. you, Andrea, cause I had a great submission, uh, 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 summary of your um disney vacation um gwen said to me dave does the planning and andrea does the drinking that's right <laughs> yes i think that's true although dave does his fair share of drinking as well. and i was like damn right. i gotta go with dave <laughs> you you remember you know you were talking earlier about our day job right like in my day job i'm constantly in the driver's right. seat right yep. i'm like this is what we need to do this is what needs to happen so like when i go on vacation even to disney i am more than happy to let someone else tell me where to go and what time to be there and just follow <laughs> along. okay so dave i got uh, the the next big question for you is what do you wish you would have done ahead of time in order to sort of prep for it? Cause it sounds like it took you a couple of days. Is there a way to get that learning curve ahead of time? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, it would have been, it would have been great to have like a practice day. Um, like, <laughs> Can like, I not pay for this day and just right, mess a, around? <laughs> a virtual day to go into the park and pretend that I'm getting passes while I'm actually working. Like, that would have been, that would have helped a lot. Um, but I, I do like, you know, what was funny is I think I made an assumption. So the, the, the tool is built into the app that's been around for a while. Like yep. the app, the app itself is not new. So I kind of made an assumption of like, oh, well, I got it. Like I've, I've been using that app on our last four or five trips, like yep. to look up wait times and whatnot. And I think that might've been a little bit, um, I think I probably should have poked around in it a little bit more beforehand. Um, and, you know, I do think, you know, you can't. So so I did a lot of the planning, but my mom did a lot of the planning, too. And I think you can't have one person run it because it's so time sensitive. Like, 
if you go in, so for instance, you know, my, my mom, the day before we were going to uh, Hollywood studios, we put my mom in charge of getting the rise of the resistance passes. And I was a mistake. It was a mistake. <laughs> she can hear you careful. <laughs> I love you. I love you. Joe. Now, now at the same time I was getting passes for, for one of the other rides. Um, and what you can do the night before is say, this is my party. These are the six people, seven people that are going to be going and going on this ride. So then in the morning, when you go to buy those passes to get on Rise of the Resistance, your party is already put together. She hadn't done that. In the time between seven o'clock and her checking off each of the people that were going to be in the party, Gone. the ride was sold out for the day. Yep. Gone. So it's so time set. Like if you want your whole party to get both sort of lightning lane rides in a park in a day. Yep you have to have two people buying them. You can't have one person because by the time they check out of the first one, the second one's probably sold out. Okay. So what you're saying to me is let, let's run with that. Cause what is it? Um, the runaway railway is the second one at, uh, at Hollywood. Uh, the slinky dog. Oh, so, oh, oh, wait, actually, no, there, there's only one now. Oh, no, you're park. right. You're right. You're right. Right. As of February 25th, they dropped to one at each park. Yep. So what you're saying is uh, if there are two at the park, well, you know, I have to do one ride and my wife has to do the other. But you're saying go on the night before or if you get up early that morning, figure out who in your party would be going on that ride. How do you do that? Well, so you go on the night before and you sort of you sort of plan your day. You say, you know, who's in your party that you're going because like. Like I said, it's the the app is the the app that's been around for a while. So like when I go in to create a day, like there's a bunch of people who've traveled down there with me on past trips. Yep, gotcha. So me too. Yep. I'm saying like no, no, no. It's 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 these seven people that are going to be in the park that day, and then it's going to ask you sort of, um, you know, what rides do you are you looking to go on. So you set your preferences of, of the rides that that you would like to put over the other ones and then you can go as far as saying like you know uh, uh you want a princess meet and greet or you want to eat at this particular place and stuff and it'll help you plan that day but more importantly when you hit that 7 a.m like here we go yeah it's going to be already formatted to get you to the checkout as quick as possible if you're buying one of those lightning lane passes Okay. So, and, and I can say like, uh, even, you know, tech savvy 7am refresh, 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 you still end up with like a 2pm comeback right. time on some of these. Like, uh, Okay. So how does it work? So this is just the lightning lane, right? This isn't the genie plus reservations. Well, you know, so that's, that's part of the, the thing that's like, We've done it, and I'm still not totally 100% on what everything is. Uh, oh my God. Like, Dave, what I name? build you guys as the solution. You're going to help us figure this out. <laughs> now I'm going to be tagged with false advertising. That's, what that's, the hell? Well, that's how complicated it is, though. But so, <laughs> so the, the Genie Plus is basically... It, it, it's very similar to what FastPass was. 
Now you're still getting like they kind of the problem is they kind of use lightning lane interchangeable. So like you're using Genie Plus to get a lightning lane so that you get onto the ride faster. Right. But then there's also the lightning lanes that you're paying for. Right. And those are the to to what you said. There were two two rides in each park when we were down there. It's it's down to one now. Um, but it's all it's all intertwined. Um so, so you got to kind of, you got to learn all of it. Okay. And so now do you get up first thing in the morning at 7am, do your lightning lanes and then switch over to do your genie plus stuff. So that was actually one of the things about having two people. I would either myself or my mom would take the lightning lane and the other one would take the genie plus. Gotcha. Okay. One of the things we talked about yesterday too, Corey, when you were asking the question about, you know, like tips and tricks or what would we do differently? This sort of, the way it worked out for us worked out well. We didn't do it intentionally, but we were talking last night as we were reviewing the questions and because, you know, Dave was sort of joking about having like a free day or a virtual day where you could practice with it. I do think that people trying to figure out you know, it does take a couple of days. So you maybe don't want your first park to be Hollywood Studios, where all those big ticket rides that you really want to get on are. If you plan your trip to say, okay, the first day we're going to Epcot, yep. and there's maybe not as much that's like high stakes from a ride perspective that we really want to get on. We, the way our park tickets worked out, I think helped us because we did Epcot and well, actually we did Animal Kingdom, then Epcot, then Magic Kingdom, then Hollywood Studios. Okay. So our um, prowess with Genie and Genie Plus and Lightning Lane put us in an optimal spot by the time we got to Hollywood Studios. Unfortunately, not in the case of Rise of the Resistance, <laughs> but we did get everything else. You know, so if you're you're thinking about how you're going to practice, or it takes a couple of days, you might want to think about the order that you want to do the parks in so that you can practice when it doesn't seem as, oh my gosh, we've got to get on some of these. Right. The pressure isn't as high. I'm going to tell you, Corey, everyone in our party is very lucky that I had already done Rise of the Resistance. (laughs) (laughs) You would have ruined the trip for everybody. I would have waited for six hours to go on that ride had I not already done it. Okay, so let me you, Dave, you said that you can get on the night before and plan. Is that something you can do even further in advance than the night before or is it literally like that's when the window opens for it i i I believe you can do it a little bit more in advance and and you know i i wouldn't do it like weeks in advance um you know it's kind of one of those things like again to sort of how we do disney like that much planning would be like a little a little outside the bounds for us um but you know it's one of those it's kind of like you know, at dinner the night before, or, you know, before you go to bed, you just kind of going in and planning. I, I, I want to make sure to stress, like, you didn't lock anything in on that plan. You're just kind of, you're prepping for that sort of 7 a.m. when the gunshot goes off and the race starts, <laughs> w- what you need to have in place for that. Okay. And now how does it work, right? Because let's say, uh, Dave, you 
are going to go on Rise of the Resistance, and it's you and Bright and, and Andrea and everybody else is tagging out. It's just you two. Can you sort of set that up the night before as well? That like, hey, these are the only two people that want to go on this lightning lane ride. So you can't set that up. What you're setting up beforehand is who's going to the park that day. Okay. So at the time that you make the lightning lane, you can select who's going to actually do the ride, which is actually one of the things that is, is a little frustrating about it because, you know, it's easier to just say everybody's going to do it. So like, select like, all. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. And put it through. So like, say you're going, say you're going to, to Hollywood studios and you're going to do tower of Tara and you say, okay, everybody's going to do it. Well, you, my eight year old's not going to do right. like, she's just not. Um, she'll walk up here right now and tell you that she's not going to do it. Yeah. Same so, here. Same here. But the easier way is to just get it for everybody. But then what happens is when you've done the ride, it opens up that window to get another pass. Oh, but those but people can't person, do it. Exactly. That person hasn't done the ride and you can't cancel the pass. Oh, Dave, that so, is huge. <laughs> it creates it creates an issue about getting that next one of like, when, when can you do it? So what do you have to wait for that to expire? Do you pay somebody to take it from you? What do you do? You you wait for it to expire or you grab another ride that, you know, that person's not going to do. Oh, wow. So there's no way to get that off of the reservation. Not not one that I found. No, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it is in your app. I I mean, we could, you could do, you know, I'll do your programming for you here. You can do a whole episode on that app and the, and the difficulties of creating your party and and getting connected and stuff. So it's hard enough to like transfer something to the people that you're actually on vacation with, never mind walking up to somebody in the park saying here now in fast, fast days, it printed out on a little tag. You could hand it, hand it to, I remember walking out of the park and having fast passes that we hadn't used and giving them to somebody coming in at that, at that time. And you know, it's all digital. So you just, you can't do that. Wow. Oh, well, I would never have thought of that. So that's a huge tip. That's great, Dave. So that also leads me into my next question. It's almost like you guys knew what I was going to ask. Creepy. <laughs> Uh, did you stack your reservations? Yes. So we, um, one of the things that I started doing about halfway through the trip that, uh, you know, I think is actually even a better tip than the one I just gave you Uh-oh. is, um, after booking, like after grabbing that first ride in the morning, setting an alarm on my phone for two hours. Yes. So that, no matter what the time was that I grabbed that first one, I knew when the alarm go- went off, I could grab another one. And then when I grabbed that one, I'd set another alarm for two hours. And that's, that's why we were so much more efficient in the second half of the trip than the first half was like, we were jumping on those stacks. Dave, we Dave, I'm confused. You got to walk me through this, right? Andrea, you've heard me <laughs> say this a hundred times. Tell yes. me this like I'm slow. Tell me the rides and the times. Go through this so with let's me because I think this is important. So let's say let's say you're going to um, Magic Kingdom 
and you go on at 7 a.m. You grab that first lightning lane. I'm, and if I say fast pass, I, I've been going a long time. You grab right. your first lightning lane. <laughs> and you're going um, on mine train. And well, so you're going to have to pay for mine train. So that one won't necessarily apply. Gotcha. So, okay. So you're, so you you're grab, you get Thunder Mountain. You get Thunder Mountain. Thunder Mountain. Okay, great. You, you get Thunder Mountain and your time is one o'clock. So you grabbed it at seven and you've got a one o'clock at nine. I can grab something else now. So let's say I grab Buzz Lightyear for 10. So then when I do Buzz Lightyear at 10, I can get another one. And I still haven't gone on that big Thunder Mountain yet at one. So having that timer set to go off on your phone that like you can get another one is key because you're just like, you know, you probably, I, I know for us, we set an alarm to get up at seven for that, to set that yep, one. Yep. Like, you know, we hadn't started our day. We're not rope drop people. Okay. Um, you know, we, we kind of settle in after breakfast, we get into the park. So like, you need that reminder that you can get another pass or an, uh, another lightning lane because to really take full advantage of the, of the tool. So let me ask you this, because I, I've heard that it's not two hours after you make that 7 a.m. reservation, that it's two hours after the park opens. But I feel like people that are in there and, and are doing it often have a different experience than what Disney like writes. Like some people you, you always find loopholes. So is that what you're saying, that this is kind of a backdoor into it? Yeah. It's the 7 a.m. from your reservation? Yeah, I mean, that's so like, that's just kind of what I did and it worked. Okay. So, I, I mean, it may not be what Disney's saying is how it works. Um, because I have heard that it's two hours from park open and stuff. And, and it, but that was what I was doing and it, and it worked for us. And, you know, I, I know when we did, we did Magic Kingdom twice. We did it at the beginning of the trip and we did it at the end of the trip. And at the end of the trip, we had a lot more stuff doing it that way. So it's at least worth the attempt, right? Because what does yeah. it hurt you to try it at nine if the park opened at 11 and you try it at nine and you right. technically can't do it till and 11? I'd try it at nine and at 10 just to see if it, if the, if I can sneak in. Exactly. And, and to, to its credit, the app will tell you if you try to get one and you can't, the app will tell you when you can't. Ah, so okay. it'll say, it'll say, you know, you can't get that right now, but in 28 minutes you can. Okay. So you, can, you can reset your timer for that and then jump on it right away. Okay. So Dave, let me ask you one more question. In your example, right? You said you had big thunder at one o'clock. Mm -hmm. You went on buzz at 10. As soon as you go on buzz, is there a window? Remember how I think it was fast pass where it was like two hours before there was like a window where you couldn't book a fast pass. So was there some sort of window with that uh, one o'clock big thunder reservation? Like you can't book it at noon. You have to wait until one or you can book it almost, you know, 12 o'clock, but you obviously can't book no, They won't let you book it at one. I think we had, I think we had at least once, maybe twice where we had three within an hour and a half or, or two hours. Yes. And it does, I would agree. It does create what I think is one of the, one of the drawbacks of it is that you can't do a park in, in um, sequence anymore. 
Oh, like, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It, cre- it creates this sort of spider's web of how you have to do the park because, you know, if you go to Magic Kingdom, you have the, a, a, a lightning lane or, or, or a fast pass or whatever to Big Thunder. Then you're over to Space Mountain. Then you're over to Pirates of the Caribbean. Then you got to go to Seven Dwarfs Minecart. And it's not what, like, you know, what I grew up on, which was, do we start in Adventureland or Tomorrowland? Right. Absolutely. Yes. And you might venture a little bit. You might go from tomorrow into adventure, but you're definitely not going across the hub. Right. Because right. that's like no man's land. Right. Across so, the hub three times in two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were <laughs> noticing that. We were like, oh, my God, can you imagine the amount of steps that this is going to add to your vacation? Wow. Okay. So that's that's interesting. Um, now, you guys were there. Where did you stay when you were there? We stayed at Saratoga Springs. Okay. And so it's a deluxe resort. Uh, so yes. you were able to take advantage of the two-hour nighttime park hours at Epcot and at Magic, right? I don't, Dave and I were talking about this last night. I only remember extra magic being like we could go into the park like a half an hour before it opened. Oh, you guys missed the boat on this. You probably should have been listening to the podcast. We should have apparently. Yeah. So right now I think it's Epcot on Monday nights. That is from nine to 11 and then magic on Wednesday nights. And of course, because my wife is a crazy stalker, she was just checking. Um, and the last time we checked magic, they were open until 11. So their magic hours were actually 11 to one. So even if they move the, wow. the closing time up, they, they don't let that affect the, uh, extra magic hours. They bump those out for those deluxe resort people. That's probably why though, because it's on a certain day of the week. Right. So like if we weren't at, we went to Epcot over the weekend, right? So like Monday didn't apply to us. And I don't, I think we were at Hollywood Studios on Wednesday. Um, That's probably why. So if you figure, yes, there's extended hours, but there is certain day of the week, but we booked what park we were going to be in three months ago. Right. So we're not necessarily in that park. Now it's gotten a lot better, like, one of the things when we were when we went down in July, just the two of us, um, you know, I booked the parks that we were going to be in each day about two or three months in advance. And like once we got close, there wasn't wiggle room. What we noticed was very different in this last trip was we probably could have changed the park we were going to be in tomorrow the day before. OK, like, it, there, there's so much more availability than there was in the summer as far as uh, park reservations go that you can be more flexible, that you can do them a little later and you can plan to those extended hours. Well, we would caution against that because, again, we check this stuff constantly. February vacation was booked up in early January. You couldn't find another park. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, President's Day, they closed. I think they were all closed. Like if you didn't have a park reservation already for President's Day, you weren't getting in anywhere. So it is I, I'm, I'm hoping they'll start to with the, maybe with the world opening back up again. I'm hoping that they'll be able to extend some of their uh, 
some of the closers closing things that they had, because I noticed that on our trip, you know, a lot of the food stands were closed. Some of the restaurants still had limited seating and, you know, they were leaving space. They were being safe. Don't get me wrong, but it definitely impacted our trip when we were there. Were you guys seeing that, that same kind of thing, like uh, left open tables and that kind of stuff for, for dining? It seemed, uh, yeah. I think, and I think I texted you while we were out there, like yep. the, the walkways just seemed so much more crowded to me. And we historically have gone around this time of the year, either like the last week of January, the first week in February, obviously because the crowds were a lot less. We would never venture during a vacation week, but yeah. it just seems so crowded. And we were kind of trying to figure out, I thought Dave made a good point and you just said the same thing, Corey. A lot of those larger sort of food areas where people could sit and congregate really yeah. still weren't open. So okay. it just, it felt really crowded even just like walking through Epcot I just felt like I've never felt it to be that crowded you know I've certainly been when we've had to wait an hour and a half or two hours for a ride but just in terms of like the congestion it could also be because COVID has ruined me forever and anytime now someone's like in my peripheral vision I'm like why are there so many people Whereas they should maybe, be within six feet yeah maybe before I just wasn't noticing that and now I'm like so hypersensitive to it but I mean to me it felt really crowded and Corey, yeah, but I, I told you how I, you know, I'm not sitting in two hour wait times for a ride, but it took me almost an hour to get a drink in France. And like, that's, that's not okay. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Wait, you just at one of the food stands, you just went up to get like a, a beer or something like that. And it took you an hour. Yeah. So it was, uh, it's a stand right at the edge of the country. It's right, right by the water. And I mean, I, I know, positive from from so many trips like it's normally staffed by four to five people yep, and there yep. was two oh. and so it it's going to take you a lot longer because the crowds are bigger and the staffs are small so right. it was um i mean everybody's you know for the most part cool with each other right now but um it it, it does it does feel more crowded than it is i think well, and I think you guys had mentioned it too, though. You've got people crisscrossing the parks now. So mm -hmm. you're not going from Soren over to Nemo or uh, into living on, on the land. It's like now you're zipping all around the park. So people aren't standing in line as much. They're running back and forth to ride. So that's more people just kind of congregating and being around. Right. And to your point in Epcot, the hub is closed, basically. Yeah, right, 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 because of all so, of the construction. So you're going around that construction every time you crisscross. Oh, man. Okay. Wow. So that was a, a, a lot of helpful information. Now, before I let you guys go, is there anything that, you you know, maybe I didn't have as a question or just an experience that you're like, we just got to make sure we share this with Corey and the rest of the listeners, just so everybody knows this tip or trick or just some feedback to, that you want to leave with us? Corey, I don't know how much this would impact others, but one of the things we were talking about last night is this last trip that we went, and like Dave mentioned, we often are going with um, 
different sort of smaller families within our larger family where everyone is kind of in charge of, you know, booking their own flight, booking their own park passes. And we were with my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, but then we were also with Dave's aunt and uncle and their like two adult children. And they had a super little one with them. They had a a two-year-old. Okay. They opted not to add genie or genie plus to their park passes okay how was it well we never saw them (laughs) so it was it was interesting how that sort of set up you know because it is an additional fee and they opted with you know a super little one not to do that but it I feel Dave and I were talking about this it just we just had two totally different experiences and we were in the same parks on the same day, but because we were bebopping all around to get to our reservation at whatever time, and they were probably trying to do it a little bit more sequential or waiting in lines for an hour or an hour and a half. Um, Like we really, like we would see each other, like we'd be waiting in line for a drink and they'd walk by and we'd be like, hey. Wait now, so you opened up a whole Pandora's box, (laughs) right? Were they were they coming to you and being like, "This place sucks"? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I don't think they did. I think they sort of felt like because they were traveling with a super little one, they were trying to be really cognizant about like not slowing us down or feeling like we've got a little one. He's on a schedule. We're gonna kind of try and keep him on a schedule. Okay. But certainly I think going down, I thought we would be seeing them more. Right. And okay. it's because they opted not to do that. I just, it's, I think it's something if people are going as part of a larger group to think about, you know, is everybody going to do it or are, are some people not going to do it? And how does that impact what your day is going to look like? That's interesting, right? Because one of the questions that I was supposed to ask you guys is, did you have it for your length of stay? And were there days that you didn't have it and what you saw? So it sounds like you had it for the whole time you were down there. Yes. Genie plus at least, right? Yes. And th- and then you opted in for lightning lanes. You said you went to magic twice. Did you do lightning lanes both time you t- times you were there? Or did you just do a kind of one day type thing? I think, did we go on mine train? Both days. Were you no. guys drinking so much I that know. you don't well, remember? Not at Magic Kingdom. That's what's <laughs> right. so sad about right. it. Park. It was only no. a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, "What did we do?" So we definitely, we definitely did one of the days purchase uh, the Lightning Lane for Seven Dwarfs Mine Car. I and believe Space Mountain. The, yeah, I think we did both of them in the same day, and then didn't do them the second time we went. Yeah, that seems to be what my family is looking at doing it like one day that we're in that park will. But now that it's down to one, I, I don't even know that we'll do that. We That's why we were asking well, about the extra magic hours. You know, what's funny, though, and, and I wonder, you know, I wonder if you've been monitoring this is is ride downtime, um, because that was something that we saw a lot while we were there was you know big thunder is down for an hour in the morning and then space mountains down for an hour in the afternoon and then a down an hour, another hour later in the day and seven dwarves is down an hour around lunch um and it almost like you know 
I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it, it almost seems like they, they're so short staffed. They're just trying to give people breaks. Ah, yeah, that's a, it's a very yeah, I'll tell you, Dave, we do monitor, like I said, the wait times. We haven't seen rides down unless, except for last night. We happened to my again, my wife was checking everything out and she's like, oh, there must be a thunderstorm because splash is down. Okay. Big thunder is down tomorrow. Land speed. So all those outdoor ones. Yeah, we're down. Um, other than that, it sounds like to your point, you'd have to catch it at that hour yeah. that they were giving them the break. And I, I just don't think we've seen that, but we'll definitely keep an eye on it when we get down there in April. I don't, I wouldn't say we saw it like sort of across Disney world. We definitely saw it in magic. Kingdom. Magic kingdom. Saw, yeah. I would agree. We saw like, you know, we'd be in there and we'd be on one side of the park and, you know, have a, a, a lightning lane on the other side and be like, Oh, but it's down now. So let's just wait and do this ride because and like that's one thing that's good too you know if, if you got a lightning lane for 10 and the ride's closed you know they're gonna hold it for you, you it's still gonna work when you get there when it finally opens up yeah they honor it yep absolutely. yeah but it but it was one of like you know it was it was odd in that it almost had a pattern to it okay interesting and you might be right i i bet they are still continuing to struggle with staff just like everybody else. And they've got to figure out a way to rotate people or, you know, get folks breaks. And, and unfortunately it, it means longer wait times and, and downtimes for some of the stuff. Yeah. And um, I do, I do think too, I think there's an element of, um, you know, Disney is always sort of manipulated where the crowds are in the park by wait absolutely. Times. But back in the day, you knew the wait time based on the board at the hub of the park you were in. <laughs> now, no matter where you are in the park, you look at your phone and you know what the wait time is. So I think they, they do try. They say, you know, hey, everybody's over in Star Wars right now. Let's say the wait time's at Tower of Terror and Rock and Roller Coaster 45 minutes and try to push some of those people over to the other side of the park. Absolutely. That is, uh, I mean, it would be silly not to. I mean, that's the yeah. whole point, I think, of the of the app is to help du direct some of that traffic and and um, slow down some of those really pulsing places in the park. Corey, uh, and what you were saying too, even you know about monitoring those extra magic hours and going back at night. You know, yep. again, that's one of the things that the app helps you to do. Right, the first day we were there, we were at Animal Kingdom, and the kids really wanted to go on Pandora. And during uh. the day, it was just such a long wait, and we were new to the system, so we hadn't gotten our. You know, we didn't have a lightning lane, and you know, because we were staying on property, as the kids say, we were like, yep. all right, let's go back to the hotel, swim for a little while, and then maybe we'll come back at night. And, yep. you know, we took advantage of that a couple of times because you can always kind of monitor it from no matter where you are to be like, oh, yep. wait, it's down to 60 minutes. Let's head back. So like for that ride in particular, we ended up going back to the park at night and being able to get on it with a lesser wait time. I mean, I think it said it was 80 minutes. I think we talked it we it ended up being like 55 or 60 minutes so a little bit shorter not the end of the world yeah and and i would say that's that seems to always be true those wait times are you know it's always the worst case scenario for them mm -hmm. yeah well that's great uh so i really appreciate you guys coming on and talking to us about your experience with genie plus i hope you enjoyed it um and i would love to have you guys back 
and talk about one of the subjects that we briefly touched on, and that's that multi-generational traveling. Um, Because we did it in June, and a lot of people do it, and it's very different than just kind of four or five of your, you know, your family going. Um, And there are some tips and tricks and ways to avoid confrontation that maybe we might want to share with folks. So if that's ever something you guys are interested on in, you know, sharing your uh, perspective on, we would, I'd love to have you back on to talk about that. Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, like I said, you know, my first trip was with my parents and my grandparents and my last trip was with my kids and my mom. So, you right. know, we, we've, I've done uh, just about all of them. And we actually did um, my family, the, you know, well before meeting Andrea, we did a full family reunion tribe type trip where we had, you know, all my five aunts and uncles and kid, kids, cousins. Um, I think we had 20 something people on a trip. So yeah, anytime. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Great talking to you. Thanks for having us. We feel like celebrities. This was so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I, I only have like 30 or so listeners right now, so don't feel like too much of a celebrity, but I will say this, Dave, you can appreciate this. About 95% of my listenership is women. Pretty sure it's because of my sex appeal. That's probably um, that's probably true. Yeah, yeah. So, so Dave, if um if women start hitting on you, you'll know why. It's definitely because of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Good to know. All right. Thanks, guys. It was great talking to you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Bye. Bye. Babe, that was our interview with uh, Dave and Andrea, who were nice enough to talk to us about their experience with Genie Genie Plus Lightning Lane. Uh, tell me what, uh, what did you think of that? I am really surprised by how complicated it was for some really seasoned seasoned Disney Disney traveler. I think you Um, might be giving Andrea a little too much credit. It is very clear (laughs) who is the brains in the operation when it comes to their Disney plan. Well, you know, she may not be the planner, but she goes along for the ride no pun intended and you know right. she's yeah. and drinks true. so maybe <laughs> so maybe she you know wasn't always paying attention to all the nuances in between her her sips but no i i found it very interesting to hear their experience uh one thing i did notice was when they were talking about having that kind of test run that they wish they could have yeah. for the yep. genie um, yeah, I yep. agree completely as someone who's planning a trip in the coming month to that. I would love that opportunity. I know that something that came up as a question among you guys when you were talking was how far ahead can you go into the genie? Right. And I actually have started going in and <laughs> looking at things for, because I wanted to know, you know, in preparation for this as well just kind of how it all works. And yes, you can go in at any point and you can pick your park day and you can put your, um, your preferences in, but that's it. Okay. It tells you right in that I'm not going to see what the genie is recommending for my itinerary 
until that morning that we're actually in the park. Uh, so it doesn't let you kind of go that next step further. Okay. You can put your plans or your, your must do's in there, but then you don't get to see kind of what Disney generates. All right. So it doesn't you. give you, it doesn't give you a sneak peek or even not even a sneak peek, but like, Hey, this is what we're thinking. You might want to do for that day. Wow. Okay. Right. What, um, what did you hear from them that really surprised you or was a big learning point for you? So something that I really want to look at a little bit further is the idea of when you're making those reservations at seven o'clock in the morning, mm. um, selecting or not selecting everyone in your party. Right. Um, I, I thought that I had seen somewhere along the way that you, if you select everyone in your party later on, you can go in and take people off. But that's something I definitely want to look at further because, you know, especially for us, we know that there are rides that not all four of us are going to go on. Right. And according but, to Dave, those people still hold the reservation until it expires. Right. So I want to look further into whether or not you're able to make the reservation for four and then later on go in and take people out if you need to. Okay. Um, the other thing that I really, I would have never thought to do that I would found really interesting from their um, experiences, having two people. I, that was going to be mine. Yes. So like, so like I've got lightning lane you do genie plus on that, on that morning at seven o'clock is that's what you're talking about. Right. Right. Or, you know, if we know that only you and MJ are going on rock and roller coaster and Caleb and I need a different reservation, you're going after rock and roller coaster. I'm going after something else, focusing on the two people that are going to do those individual, those rides. Gotcha. Okay. But in, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. For me, it was like, okay, one phone is, or one person is strictly going after the lightning lane stuff. The other person is starting the genie plus stuff. And that person would get, let's say we're at Hollywood, right? MJ and I would do the rise of the resistance. I know you would too, but I'm just saying as an example, MJ and I, I would do the rise of the resistance for MJ. And then you would go after um, uh, Mickey's runaway railway for everybody. And then once I finished up the lightning lane reservation, then I would jump into the genie plus thing and start doing reservations if we could as well you know, those selected ones or something like that. But yeah, it's yeah. an interesting the thing of it idea. is you can only make one reservation on Genie Plus right. at a time. So it's, you know, if you are choosing to do individual Lightning Lane and Genie Plus, then absolutely you need those two phones going at the same time. Yeah. But if you're only making a Genie Plus reservation, you only need one person to do it really because- you can only make one reservation. Yeah, but if you if we were splitting up, right? if you're splitting, absolutely. Right, right, but if your if, entire party is going for the same thing, right? Then you at that point you only need the one person making the reservation. Well, here's the other crummy part too, right? The fact that I got to get up, make this reservation, 
And then that's it. I'm done. Like I, I literally have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning or six 50 to make this reservation. And then that's it. Now I'm up for the rest of the time. That sucks. Yes, it does. If you're not a morning person, or if you're, you know, if you're those people that don't rope drop, then it definitely is a disadvantage because if you wait, you very easily could miss out on reservations for the day. The other um, interesting thing was Dave said that it was not two hours after the park opened, which is what mm -hmm. you had said to me to start stacking, right? So when we were talking about stacking with Dave and Dave said, hey, you know, at, at one o'clock, I can't remember what, what, what ride he said, but at one mm -hmm. o'clock, right, I've got this reservation that I made at 7 a.m., I can start, I can make a, I can stack that reservation as of 9 a.m. where yes. we had read or heard, read, I believe, that you can't make that stacked reservation until two hours after the park opens. Yeah, there's always interesting workarounds. And if you're willing to do the research or, you know, looking for what those workarounds might be, there's always somebody out there kind of putting that information, letting you know that, you know, this is what the rule says. However, the one thing that um, I didn't hear them mention that is still in place mm -hmm. is, um, you know, with fast pass, you had that grace period. You could actually, right. if you missed, if you had, you know, a 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock window, Yep. And you were on another ride and you didn't get off until 11.05 and you're running over to the other side of the park to get on that attract that next fast pass ride. Yep. They would they would let you get on 15 minutes after the end of your reservation. Yeah, that is still the case with the Genie Plus. Okay. So you do have that little bit of they'll let you on a few minutes before, which can be really important when you're doing stacking. Right. Because as soon as you scan in, you can start making another Genie Plus reservation. So if you get on your ride just a few minutes before your reserve time, it's just buying you a few extra minutes to be able to grab another reservation. Yeah. And I, and I got to say, I probably, you know, um, I'm, as I think about it, the person that we read or that whatever video we watched that was talking about stacking and that two hour window that says, oh, yeah, it does. You can't make that second one until two hours after the park opens. That's true if you're staying off property. Right. Mm -hmm. Because people off property can't get up at 7 a.m and make their reservations. I believe they can because you make it from the app. You don't have to be in the park to oh, make the reservation. I thought you had to be in the park to make Genie Plus reservations. I don't believe so because you can be in your hotel. Right, but you you're on property. You are, but I think what you're thinking back to is when you did the virtual queue, yeah. when virtual queue was first introduced for Rise of the Resistance, you couldn't even make your reservation request to get on the virtual queue from your hotel. You physically had to have scanned in 
at Hollywood Studios at the main entrance to be able to make your virtual queue reservation. So um, they kind of stepped away from that over time. I think they realized that it was causing havoc outside the entrance. Yep. For people waiting to rush to get in. Yep. So um, that is, you know, I could be wrong. That is something I would have to look into. But I do believe that as long as you have a park reservation yep. for that day, that at 7 a.m. you can begin to make that Genie Plus reservation. Well, I'm going to make a note of that. And we will make sure that in next week's episode, we address that regardless of what the topic is. We will definitely clarify that because we want to do a little research because I thought that's what I read. And I was like, oh, wow, that's really how they're driving people to stay on park as opposed to staying at an Airbnb or at a different hotel. So I, I'm very curious to figure that out. Needless to say, the information that they gave us was super helpful. Um, they were uh, a, a lot of fun to talk to. It was a great time. Definitely am a and looking forward to talking to them again, as I had mentioned, to bring them back and and would love to talk to them about the generational traveling and the challenges and the excitement and the fun of doing stuff like that. Um, but I think that is our episode with Genie Plus. Babe, anything else maybe that you want to add before we uh, before we end the episode? No, I think we've covered a good amount of information and we, we certainly will follow up on any of those lingering questions and definitely. let our listeners know next week. Definitely. Definitely. So uh, from Kel and I to everybody else, we appreciate you listening um, and travel safe. Take care. Mm-hmm.